Hello and welcome into the Queen City Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cole Godfrey. Today is Tuesday, May the 3rd, 2022, your second episode of the day. Uh, this episode will actually be coming out on Wednesday, but yeah, um, have Franco Panizo from Miami Total Football on today to discuss the upcoming match between Inter Miami and Charlotte FC. Please go give him a follow, check his workout. He does a fantastic job. Um, yeah, very excited to have him on. And again, guys, uh, I really do appreciate you guys tuning in and subscribing and liking. It really means a lot. And yeah, let's just hop right on into the to the interview. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back into the Queen City Soccer Show. Today we have another very special guest on our airwaves. We have Franco Panizo from Miami Total Football Radio Podcast. He does a fantastic job. Go check him out. How you doing, Franco? Good, brother. Thank you for uh, for pronouncing that correctly. Some people get it wrong. They get, they get their tongues tied, and it doesn't, it doesn't come out well, but it came out well on your end. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, yeah. Um, again, guys, go check him out. He does a fantastic job covering Inter-Miami. Um, Charlotte's next opponent. We we come back home to Bank of America Stadium to play Inter. Um, I did get a chance to watch a little bit of the the Revolution uh, Miami game. Um, I'm gonna get your thoughts on it here in just a second. But uh, Miami right now sitting, I think it's from like 13th to 9th is all on sitting on 10 points in the East, mm-hmm. and they're so they're tied with Charlotte on points right now. Um, after the start that Miami had where they, they looked like they were going to be wooden spoon contenders again, and they kind of found their form. I don't know what exactly happened with Gonzalo Higuain, why he uh, why taking him out was such a, was the right move, and it's, it's paid dividends, uh, in my opinion. Um, but my first question to you is Leonardo Campana. He came out in the 12th minute of this previous game. Is he okay, or what was that about? So he came out of the game, and, and Phil Neville, head coach of Inter-Miami, said after the game that – I was just precautionary to avoid further injury. Today, Tuesday, was the first day of, of availability at practice for the team, for media, and Leonardo Campana did not train with the group from what we could see. So let's see what happens on Thursday. Uh, you know, they're still optimistic that he could play a role this weekend, but, I mean, it's early. It's too early to say, but, you know, if he came off a game on turf um, – for precautionary measures and they're about to play on turf again. I don't know if, if they throw him back out there that quickly, maybe he's fine. Maybe he can play again. It's early in the week. So we'll see how things unfold over the next 48 hours. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's been the, the head man in this little run that you guys have had. I mean, he's been scoring for fun. Um, so yeah, the revolution game, uh, you get the two nil loss. Uh, it was a, <laughs> the rev scored right out of the gate the first minute. Um, and then you had two red cards. This, I think your second red card, your first red card was in the 60th minute. And then Buxa scores in the 64th or something like that, 65th. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a not the best performance from Inter-Miami. What went wrong this game? It was a perfect storm for Inter-Miami in terms of what went wrong because they give up a goal in the, in the first 52, 53 seconds of the game off of a turnover that they forced themselves. It wasn't like New England did anything particularly special in terms of forcing the air is just inter Miami just didn't connect on a pass trying to build out of the back. And that came back the other way very quickly on a short amount of field and goal for new England. So early goal. Then after that, 10 minutes later, Leonardo Campana, who was essentially, or was the only number nine on the match day roster, the only striker because 
Gonzalo Higuain was not with the team due to injury. Robbie Robinson, who has played there a bit at the striker spot, although he's been, been more of a, of a winger since last season, he can fill in there in spot duty, but he wasn't with the team either due to injury as well. So they were out of strikers and they had to get creative with that. They put in Robert Taylor, who's been playing as a midfielder slash winger. That didn't work. Uh, Inter-Miami was a bit fortunate to get to halftime without supporters. They played just down 1-0. Second half, Fulner will change some things. He put in Ariel Lassiter as the number nine, moved uh, Robert Taylor back, back to the outside. And that improved things a little bit, but then the red card uh, or the second yellow to, to Damian Lowe leaves in Miami down a man, down a goal. They give up the second goal. Bruce Arena, savvy MLS coach, the Revolution head coach, with the man advantage, you know, he, he just started pushing numbers forward and trying to overwhelm Inter-Miami in, from a numerical uh, standpoint. So Inter-Miami couldn't hold on. They gave up that second goal. And then a few minutes, well, not a few minutes later, but later on in the game, 2-0 down, you're down a man, pushing, trying to find a way. Uh, I thought it was a harsh second yellow on Jairo Quinteros, but he got a second yellow. He's off. So you're, you're down two goals. You're down two men. You, you also lost, sorry, we didn't even mention it, uh, after Campana went out. And before halftime, Amey Mabika, uh, one of the starting center backs who's been key during or was key during the recent good run of form, he also went out with an injury. So uh, so you lost two players to injury. You got two uh, players kicked out for, for, for fouls, ejected, and then you gave up two goals. So it was just a pretty poor night overall for Inter-Miami. And uh, towards the end, you could see they just wanted to go home. They didn't want – they didn't, like the game was over – with five, 10 minutes left to play, they knew that there was really no chance to, to get back into that one. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Charlotte fans can relate to that. We had probably our worst performance of the season this past week um, down in Orlando and uh, you know, we're coming back home and uh, obviously both teams coming off disappointing performances. Um, and so like, I always get the guests to give me like um, a matchup to watch. So I always start with mine. Mine will be Svidersky, Carol Svidersky for Charlotte and Camille Josviak for Charlotte in or attacking where Mabika was. Is he play, Is he going to be playing? And if he does, you know, to, even if he does, you know, depend on the injury, you could attack. That's something you can attack. So I'm intrigued to see because Charlotte has really lacked creativity in the final third. Um, and if they do have the back, a backup center back in, how that could affect the game. What, what would be your key to the game? So Amey Mabika did not train either today on Tuesday. So again, another question mark, but we'll know more on Thursday when there's uh, the second uh, second day of availability in the lead up to the game. We'll see if he's on the field, if he's training individually with the group or still in the gym doing just uh, rehab work. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But for me, I mean, look, Charlotte is at home. They have the crowd behind them. They'll look to be the protagonist. They'll look to dictate the tempo. They'll look to attack. And Inter-Miami is a team that doesn't really like having the ball. They're a team that likes to counterattack. That's where they're at their best. Something Phil Neville has been open about, about saying. So Inter-Miami will likely cede possession to Charlotte FC. And that means that if Charlotte FC is good with the ball in the day and can find a way to break down Inter-Miami's defense, Charlotte FC has a good chance of winning the game. Now, if they start struggling in that way and then they, they start leaving spaces in behind and Inter-Miami is able to exploit that with the speed that they do have, well, then Inter-Miami might be able to get a result, if not a victory. So it really just comes down to the key men up front in that final third, the attacking midfield, fielder, the striker. If they can make the right movements, if they can make the right passes, if they can unlock the defense, expect Inter-Miami to, be, to try to be very compact and try to keep things very tight, 
for Charlotte FC out wide. But if they can get those movements down pat in, in the center of the park, or if they can whip it across and, and, and get a goal from there, it'll come down to the striker versus the, the center backs, whoever the center back partnership is. And, and the midfielders maybe being a little bit creative against Inter Miami's likely defensive minded midfield. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, one thing that I do worry about for Charlotte is the way that McGill likes to play out of the back. I mean, all it's going to take is, you know, we've seen Christian Kalina do it a couple of times. We've seen Christian Fuchs do it a couple of times and all it's going to take is a bad giveaway and, you know, Inter Miami's in. So, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too worried though, because Inter Miami is not a team that likes to high press that much. They'll press right. in moments here and there, but they're not a team that likes to high press. Because if if they high press, that means that the whole team has to press. And then, yeah. do they have the coordination to get that down down pat? Normally, they don't. This is so they normally leave themselves open and stretch, and they give up chances at the back. So normally, they like to drop off a little bit, play in a mid block, maybe a deep block, and like to be organized and compact. They don't really like to to press too much because then that means one guy's moving next guy has to move and it takes a lot of coordination and that leaves them open and maybe they don't have the horses to to play that way um over the over, you know over across the lineup so i wouldn't expect them to high press i think they'll let charlotte fc play especially at the back i think they're more concerned about their defensive third charlotte fc's attacking third and trying to limit as much space as possible there i got you yeah, and I mean something Charlotte does struggle with is they play they play the narrow diamond, so they play very narrow. They're they're always susceptible on the wings. Um, yeah. It's bit them it's bit them a few times this season. So you know with DeAndre Yedlin or McVeigh, if they get down the wings and Yedlin's speed is is a problem. Um, so I mean that's that's intriguing to watch as well. Um, yeah, uh, I mean. At the end of the day, who do you think comes out? I always get a prediction from a guest. Um, at the end of the day, what do you think this weekend is going to look like for Inter Miami? What do they have to do to win? And what do you think your prediction is going to be? It's 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 a very interesting one. It's a very interesting one because normally I'm I'm already early on in the week. I have a feeling that I'm leaning towards. Right now, I really don't don't know. I really don't know. Charlotte is so brand new. You know, we saw in this game against Orlando Orlando City, they gave up a goal. Uh, off of off a very simple counterattack that Ruan just went forward practically on his own yeah. for a good part of it. So, you know, it's it's hard to predict which version of Charlotte we'll see, if it's going to be the expansion um, growing pains Charlotte FC or the one that we've seen at different moments where they're like, okay, this is the potential, this is the, the bright spots that we've seen from them. So it, it just depends. It's hard, it's hard for me to predict right now. We also, I also don't know who will be available for Inter-Miami as of Tuesday. So, things could change. I get, you know, I could say, you know, if they're not, if they're not going to have Campana, if they're not going to have Mabika, if they don't have Higuain and, and they're forced to play with Robbie Robinson, then that obviously hurts their chances, in my opinion, a good bit, but it's hard to say right now. I think the key to the game for Inter Miami is obviously stay, staying true to who they are, which is not sexy soccer. It's compact. It's gritty. It's resolute and looking to hit on the counters on the wing. They'll, they'll watch that goal um, that Ruan helps set up and lick their chops. I'm sure Phil Novo and the staff will be like, that's, you know, what we have to do. I'm sure he'll show video to the team this week and say, that's what Inter Miami has to do to, to come out on top of this game. It's not going to be pretty, but if they, if they can grind it out and then pick and choose their moments when to attack, find those spaces in behind and expose Charlotte FC on the counter, then I think that that will be Inter Miami's recipe um, or the rest of the formula that they'll try to follow for success. Will it work? It just depends. It depends who's available. So it's, it's hard for me to predict if I'm going to hedge my bets, you know, and I normally don't like to, but I'll just say a draw. I got you. Yeah. And 
Dude, that that honestly, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. Right now, with the unknowns with Inter Miami, um, I'll, I'll say this: if Inter Miami is full strength and they do have Campana and they do have Mbika out uh, in the back, I, I think it's gonna. I think it'll be a draw. I do. I think it'll be a two-two draw. Um, if if they are out, then I mean, I think you. I think I would personally lean towards more of a Charlotte victory. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. You know, going to be interesting because regardless of whether Mabika is available or not, it'll be a new center back tandem for Inter Miami. Because if Mabika is healthy and available, it'll be most likely Christopher McVeigh, who's been playing as left back as of late, and and Mabika. If Mabika is not available, then Phil Neville is going to have to make a decision there. It'll probably be McVeigh and Ryan Saylor, the rookie who was chosen in the draft earlier this year, who just played his first uh, first couple of games professionally with the second team. If he doesn't think he's ready, then he's going to have to get creative and put somebody else back there. So it's going to be a new partnership in the center back position. So that's that's something definitely that Inter Miami is going to, you know, something to keep an eye on. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, I would say, I would, I almost said maybe they'll go five at the back, but then that requires another center back and they don't, (laughs) they don't really have them right now. So uh, yeah, it'll it'll probably be a four man back line, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, again, plug yourself, man. Uh, tell people what, where they can come find you on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, just give yourself a plug. Absolutely. So I I cover Inter-Miami as well as high school sports in the in the South Florida area. Uh, you can find my work at the Sun Sentinel, which is one of the local newspapers here in South Florida. My Twitter is at Franco Panizo, F-R-A-N-C-O-P-A-N-I-Z-O. And if you're interested in following the podcast, Miami Total Football Radio, as you said before, or as we say as well down here, since we're in South Florida, Miami Total Football Radio. <laughs> uh, we also have a YouTube page, Instagram channel, and, and Facebook. So we're all over um, covering Inter Miami as comprehensively as, as I think anyone does. So um, yeah, if you're interested at all in Inter Miami, if you're interested at all with David Beckham's up to and or all the, the, the drama that can happen down here, yeah, tune in to Franco Peniza and Miami Total Football um, as well. All right, good deal. Yeah, I would never be able to pronounce it like that in a million years. So I have all my guests on, on my podcast. I have all my guests started this maybe a month, a month and a half ago. I have them all pronounced it with the Spanish rolling of the R. Some people do very well. Some people do not. <laughs> yeah, I would struggle for sure. Um, but, yeah, for Franco, I'm Cole. I really appreciate you coming on again, man. Uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. And, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see you all next time. appreciate you all tuning in.